Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's show, for the first time, you and I will lace up and hit the court. More of that in just a second. Authentic Influence, if you haven't been here before, is a podcast all about how some of the most interesting brands in the world today mobilize their masses to become more authentic. And today, we have our first organization from the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and their CMO, Tracy Merrick. Now, Tracy has been with the organization for 17 years, and through that time, has witnessed the rise of LeBron James, of course, a title coming to the city of Cleveland, but also she has made it a priority to be a first mover when it comes for standing for social issues. And this is something we talk about deeply during this podcast. It comprises the majority of our conversation, actually. Of course, we also go into other topics like building blocks for building authentic brands, plenty of great stories about interactions with consumers, in this case, ticket holders, as well as advice towards the end about how to do that further. But the big focus for today is focusing on the social issues, standing up, and how you do that and how you make it so that you always do that, no matter what, so that it becomes easy, as I mentioned towards the end of the show, a bit of a layup, if you'll excuse the pun. And for now, I'll get out of the way and I'll let you hear all about it. So without further ado, this is our conversation from today with, from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Tracy Marek. All right, everybody, I am here with Tracy Marek from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tracy, thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, thanks for having me. It's so good to have you, and uh, welcome to the show as the first basketball organization on. I'm so glad to have you here. The first show that we ever did on this podcast with somebody uh, that wasn't just me was the uh, chief marketing officer of the Red Sox, so I checked off baseball. Then recently, I had the head of marketing for NYCFC, was able to check off soccer, had NASCAR on, but never somebody in basketball, so it's a privilege. And uh, my local-ish team, I suppose, is the Wizards, but no love lost there, no bad blood. In fact, I was born in Baltimore, so there wasn't a whole lot of super local basketball. And uh, today for the next half-ish hour, we'll be a Cavs fan. How about that? I like it. And you know what? We were already best friends because I was also born in Baltimore. Really? Yes, I was. <laughs> I, I haven't talked to hardly anybody on this show who was, or maybe we just didn't go there. But, well, good to, good to have you <laughs> for, the, for that reason. I'm born and bred there. Um, all right. So... With that out of the way, I want to learn all about your journey with the Cavs because it's been illustrious and lengthy. You've crushed all of the records for the average CMO tenure. They must love you. Been there for 17 years and certainly a whole lot about the organization has evolved and changed and improved. You bring a championship home, all that great stuff. So I want to know from you, how's that journey been? And what is it about the Cavs that keeps you fired up every single season to keep on coming back? Yeah, this, this time, the 17 years is, is really remarkable, and I'm just proud I can hold a job that long, so I figured it's a win. But, you know, it, it's a great organization, quite simply put, and, you know, a lot has evolved over those 17 years. So I started in 2003, I would say at a pretty good time. I started about a couple months before the draft pick that became LeBron James, um, so really had that full experience um, all the way through the championship, and obviously to where we are today. And I would say just a lot has changed 
over those number of years. Um, we as an organization um, just are extraordinarily community committed. So just the impact that we've been able to have over those years have been remarkable. But when I look at the day-to-day of how we run a basketball team and, and more specifically how we manage marketing, it's just the level of fan engagement, the level of connectivity. Obviously in that time, digital has changed in incredible dynamic ways. Um, you know, it, it really isn't the same job even from 10 years ago, much less 17 years ago. So I, I just look towards the future and just know it's just going to continue to evolve. And I, I absolutely love it. Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I'm sure your fans thank you for those uh, for those years, for that total up, you know, turnaround from, you know, wherever you were before LeBron James. Because I guess you could say every team before having LeBron James would be a turnaround, right? Because, man, one of the best players ever. And uh, what, what an incredible journey there. Now, over that time, of course, you've been the steward of this brand, and there, I'm sure, have been many different things that you've learned along the way, and also many guiding principles which you have kept consistent to make sure that you continue to not only bring your best self to work, but also to build the best team around you and to position the team in the best way to the fans. So from that, I'd like to get a bit of a value-based foundation from you as to some of those things that you employ in your day-to-day, some of those values that you look to that keeps you on top of your game and maybe in the lens of this show, what helps you the most when it comes to connecting directly with consumers, whether season ticket holders for years long or a first-timer to the stadium? Yeah, you know what, culture culture in our organization is just a very dominating Part of what we do. We talk about it constantly. We think about it constantly. Um, we work on it extraordinarily hard. <clears throat> and I think to be in a position where, you know, we've, we've all had positions at some point in our life or experiences at some point in our lives where we finally realize what good culture is and also what bad culture is. And I think to be part of an organization where, where culture actually is at the very forefront of everything that we do, um, both from a basketball side as well as from a business side, and certainly from a fan engagement side, in and of itself is a pretty big statement um, for how our organization operates. So our our team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and everything that's a part of us, which is big, actually. I mean, we are not only the Cavaliers, but we're the Cleveland Monsters of the American Hockey League. We're the Canton Charge of the NBA G League. We have our own gaming club, Cavs Legion Gaming of the NBA 2K League. And we also operate Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which, of course, is, is just one of the top venues uh, around the world. So we're really lucky at the footprint that we have, but we're all really brought together with one thing. And, and in our company, it's called ISMS. And so our organization is owned by Dan Gilbert, who is not only the chairman of the Cleveland Cavaliers and all his other businesses that I mentioned, but he's also the founder and chairman of Quicken Loans and now often, you know, being communicated as Rocket Mortgage, uh, which is which is an incredible organization. And I think it's interesting because on the surface, you might think that there's very little that could possibly connect the leading lending company with an NBA team. But ultimately, everything that we all do is ultimately centered around our customer service and, you know, probably even more important, making sure that that people have an exceptional experience. So, you know, from a sports perspective, um, it's a pretty cool environment. You know, it keeps you energized because people do come to our venue because they want to have fun. So we're getting people at their absolute best moment. And our job is just to make that moment even better. Um, and that 
really stands true, not just when they're at the event, but you kind of think through the buying process and maybe the less glamorous parts of, of maybe the experience of attending events, whether it's parking and, you know, buying their, their hot dog, whatever it is that they're doing, it really encounters every interaction. So, you know, from an ISM's perspective, it, it's really cool and gratifying to know that I could sit with my counterparts at Quicken Loans. Um, and while our quote unquote products are super different and, and they do very different things than what we do, we're talking the same language. And it really is about the quality of the of the client experience. And so isms for us are our compass. And so one I, I wanted to share with you more specifically is, um, and these are really guiding principles from Dan Gilbert, but it, it's every decision, you know, every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. And, um, you know, I have an example of that particular one that I really love to share. It's a story. It's, it's kind of a simple one, but, you know, we had a, a moment where our guest services team um, at our at our field house, Rocket Mortgage Field House, was actually addressing a moment where some nacho sauce accidentally fell um, all over a fan. So I'm not really sure how it happened, but they had nacho sauce and it wasn't necessarily the look that they were going for. It made a big mess, um, even worse on their jacket. It was a really cold night. And so the thing that that made this moment stand out is that our guest services team ended up, you know, addressing the situation. Um, they gifted the fan a really heavy sweatshirt from the team shop to make sure that they could, you know, go outside and not freeze on their way to their car. But what really took it to a next level is that they actually said, can we hold on to your jacket? And the fan was like, sure, they, they didn't want to lug it around. And our guest services team took it to a dry cleaner, got it done overnight, hand delivered it back to this fan and really just worked to make the moment fine and make it right for what it was. And so I really have so many examples where our sales team, our service team, just kind of anybody throughout the business um, had those kinds of really good acts of kindness with our key stakeholders. Um, but, but to know that I work in an organization that will not only do something like that special for maybe some of the people that have the larger investments within our business, but also for a fan that, that, that might've been their first time ever even walking in our building. That's really special. So back to guiding principles, you know, the isms really are at our core. We spend a lot of time on them. Everybody in the business knows about them and, and they really are that thing you can turn back to, um, pretty consistently and basically say, how do I? I do this right. Oh yeah, here's here's something I can turn to. It's it's a vision um, that really helps make the hard decisions a lot more logical and a lot easier. Yeah, well, what a standout story that is, and an, and an individual highlight for that person for sure. Especially if it was their first time, and if even if it was, even if it was somebody who came for years and years and years, I mean that would be just above and beyond service. So that's a wonderful way to uh, elucidate that specific point. And listeners, if you're curious about more stories around that or around those principles, speaking of Quicken Loans, we've also had Casey Herbis on, their CMO. Go check that out at some point after this because we got more basketball to talk about. And right now, in terms of on court, I know it's not so much there. However, off court, the Cavs are doing a ton. And I know that you and the team and the organization take stances early. Obviously, there's also a lot happening in the world beyond the court, and you pride yourself in being a first mover in the sport and probably in sporting generally when it comes to standing for social issues. This is something which is backed up by players like LeBron James, and I'm curious how you have set yourself up to be the first mover, uh, your general view there, how the community gets involved as a result. But I want to tap into that first because it seems like a pretty high priority thing for you. 
It really is. And, you know, obviously there's there's so many ways that, that you can stand tall and, and be first, um, you know, and in some cases, you know, we're not trying to win, you know, in that way at being first. I think it's just more of the dynamic of of how our ownership really, really challenges us, um, how our president, our CEO really lead us is basically to recognize that we have a responsibility. So, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers as an organization, uh, we have the word Cleveland right across our jerseys. And, you know, regardless of what we do, um, we represent the city, we represent this community, we obviously represent their state and our region. And with that with that privilege comes a lot of great responsibility. And I think the thing that makes our organization just really exceptional in that, in that space and in, in how we're led and how we're guided is that we put our action behind it. So, I mean, in a, in a more simple time, obviously we're talking right now when, when there's a lot of happening from social injustice perspective, um, I'm going to take a slight step back just, just for context, you know, when we've even been in, in more normal days, if there is such a thing as normal, um, you know, we've been in a position where we've always realized that, you know, we've got this this need and this this responsibility to represent our city and to make sure that, you know, gosh, people who come to Cleveland, by the way, are just wowed by the city. People who come here understand the food options and just the entertainment options and just like the things to do and the places to go, Rock Hall, you name it, are, are just off the charts and in some cases more so than what they know. But, you know, when we're on national television or even with our regional television, you know, we recognize that that's a moment for us to do something that really showcases our leadership in the community. And one example of that that may seem so small um, you know, but isn't is, you know, when we've, you know, we've had five finals runs in my time with the Cavs and, and you know, go 2016, obviously the Cavaliers did it and we won the championship. But through those years, it's been things like making sure that the reporters that come through our city, um, whether it's just in a normal year or in a championship or finals year, that they're actually getting an understanding of our marketplace. And that could be how we connect them with our, our Destination Cleveland, which is our, our Convention and Visitors Bureau, how we feed them information and make sure that they're they're talking about our city um, in the way our city deserves to be talked about. But it's also in offering up and, and you know, our broadcast team working with the national broadcast teams to say, hey, when you, when you go from gameplay into the score, into commercial, as an example, might you consider this as a background shot or that as a background shot to really show how dynamic of a community that we are. So I bring all that up just to say that, you know, in those really great times, that was just how we were wired. And that's just how we are built and that, that's just ultimately who we are. And so I think when it brings you to moments like we're in now that are just so much harder, um, it, it kind of empowers you as, as an individual, as a team, as a company to, to really prioritize and do the right thing. So obviously recently we've had um, you know COVID that we're in right now, which is, is just so incredibly huge and difficult and hard. And then, of course, more recently, we've had all of the circumstances related to um, George Floyd and social injustice. And so, you know, using those two things as, as an example, you know, on the, the George Floyd and, and the social injustice side, you know, our organization is, I believe, one of either two or three within professional sports that already has a person whose entire job, we actually have two people whose entire job is dedicated to diversity and inclusion. And so we brought that team on uh, about a year or so ago, and their job before all of this happened was to make sure 
that as an organization, we were thinking of everything that we could do to make sure that our fans, when they enter our building, or how it is that we present ourselves, our partnerships, we're, we're empowering people to feel really well connected. And I'll share a couple of examples. One that was happening before, you know, the diversity and inclusion became so forefront to us, and, and then a couple that have happened since. So the one that happened actually before was, again, you, you talk about genuine moments where something happens and you have to react. Uh, we had a, a circumstance a handful of years ago um, and an opportunity presented itself to do the right thing in a space that's inclusion focused. And it happened at one of our Cleveland Monsters game, again, our, our American Hockey League team that plays in our venue, that's our, that's our team. And there was a family with an autistic child. And it happened to be that the family entering the venue, you know, just wasn't really comfortable with every interaction. Um, you know, maybe they just didn't felt feel as included in everything that was going on. And, and the good fortune that we had is that with maybe not the perfect experience, this fan did us a huge favor and they actually said, we didn't have the best time and, and really here's why. And so the thing that was so amazing with our guest services and our facility team is they just didn't hear that and just let it be. They actually went through this huge effort of spending significant time with this family to understand the challenges of, of what it's like to be a parent with an autistic child. Our, our head of our facility actually has a child with autism, so he was super sensitive to that as well. But it ended up with a result with a, a partnership with a group called Culture City, which is an organization that helps with sensor, sensory awareness. And believe it or not, Back to this vision of first, we were the first professional sports venue to actually have sensory bags and quiet space and an awareness and a training platform across everybody who could possibly interact with a fan that allows them to walk in the shoes of another person so that that fan can, can ultimately have a better experience. So that's an example of, of something from a inclusion and just from a being first that happened prior to kind of the, the current moment that we're sitting in. But, but now we find ourselves, as, as we talked about, in, in a COVID moment, we find ourselves in a, in a moment with, with racial injustice. One of the things that, that happened very quickly, and probably, you know, it happened in the days following um, the George Floyd situation, you know, being so forward and, and being, being in the news, um, our organization, in large support from our team members who wanted us and knew that we are, we are first responders in, in that kind of way, they wanted us to stand tall because we as an organization have always taken just the, the stance that, you know, our entire community is really important and, and we have a leading stance in saying and doing something about it. And we were the first um, sports team, the first NBA team, but the first sports team, certainly outside of Minnesota, that actually issued an announcement that said that we condemn those actions. And, you know, you wonder when you put it out, how are people going to respond? But we also knew that we had no choice. We had to. We had to be true to ourselves. We had to be true to our fans. And we sent out messaging. But it went so much further than that. The, the message that 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 basically condemned that situation and stood up for what's right. And, and in our space, what we talk about is standing up for what's human and standing up for the values that that actually make us, um, you know, the kind of community that, that we can be very proud of. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time with our team members. We had um, through our diversity and inclusion team, uh, we had immediate calls with all of our, it was a group call with all of our 
um, African-American team members to provide them with a platform to share what they were feeling and experiencing and, and to let them know organizationally, we're gonna stand for something better. Um, we have constant DNI training going on within our team. I, I went through it and there was a segment called, I think it was called Behind the Curtain, where we each just shared some things that you wouldn't know just by looking at me. You wouldn't know I'm a career military child and I moved every two, three years my entire life. You wouldn't know I lived overseas. You wouldn't know. And everybody has that list where you start to get to know some of those things that, that make people click and it changes your view um, on who that person is in all of the good ways. So yes, I, I mean, and, and I look also at just what our, our organization and our DNI team has done in a wider group. We actually have a group called the Ideal Team who is comprised of team members from across our organization whose whole you know, kind of added responsibility on top of all the great things they do in their normal job is to spend time on trying to help make sure how can we as a business and as, as just members of society and members of the community, how can we make an impact that's positive? And, you know, they were the leaders of a, our very first ever Pride Night last year. And, you know, we didn't just have a Pride Night. We didn't just you know, do things on the scoreboard that was like, hello, welcome to Pride Night. They actually spent considerable time, a lot of our team members spent considerable time actually within the Pride community and, and asking, what do you want? How would you like to see this work? And, you know, literally we all went and we saw programming. So, I mean, again, our, our commitment to a wide range of social issues has been extraordinarily deep. It's something we're profoundly proud of. Um, it's something that's only getting bigger. And I think the fact that we have this platform in the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, that we do have one of the, you know, the, the biggest and we believe strongest and best, you know, facility uh, right here in our city, um, it, it, it means that we have to. And the good news is not only do we have to, but we, we desperately want to. And so we're, we're willing to stand up and we're willing to stand up first. And we're willing to do whatever we can do to make things right. And, and it's been great to see our general manager, our head coach, um, the level of their engagement has just been awe-inspiring. And, it, you know, when your leaders are, are doing those sorts of things, um, you know, as a team member, you should be doing it too. And so we all, we all jump at it. Right. And to be, to be proud of it, to be proud of doing it first and to desperately want to do it is super important, by the way. Good to know that some of these things that you were doing were already in the pot before all of this in 2020 happened. Of course, and, and that's just in line with all of these movements, right? I mean, Black Lives Matter didn't didn't crop up in 2020. It was founded seven years ago. So that is very, very good to know. And I'm glad that, that you went into detail around it. And I'm glad that you continue to be proud of standing up first. I'm curious now as to when getting the community involved, either based on a cause or based on the product on the court. How you encourage these stories to be shared, let's say maybe not somebody who got a brand new jacket because they got an extra cheese on themselves, but somebody who steps into the court for the first time, perhaps knowing about all the contributions that the Cavs make to the community and more broadly to social justice, walking in and like feeling a part of it before you even go in there. Plenty of moments all along the way, different ways in which somebody can be sharing a story. I know that you know that they exist. Some of them you've told me today. I'm curious some of the other ways in which the Cavs encourage fans to, to be loud about the moments that they care about and that they like to share about. 
Yeah, I, one that, that definitely comes to mind, a couple actually, one is through our ticket sales team. You know, obviously the ticket sales team is the group whose who's day-to-day is, is centered around the, the people who invest and in, in purchase tickets their organization. We actually have a group called Wine and Gold United. And so kind of the trend of using the phrase season tickets isn't really uh, what we say anymore. You're a member. You're a member of our organization. You're so much more than just somebody who buys tickets. So we have this year-long partnership and it it really allows relationships. And so I guess my main answer to your question is relationships. And it works to extend, you know, well beyond the basketball games, um, well beyond just the concept of quote unquote added benefits that might come along with anything that you invest in and really transforms into something special. So, you know, our, our team works very diligently literally every day to stay connected with our fans. And, you know, they've actually, from a process perspective, they've actually created a process around it with an engagement score model where they can actually, through our CRM program, literally keep engaged with every single fan. How are they using their tickets? You know, are they attending the special events? Are they engaged? And and when they are, you know, to make sure that we help them be more engaged, make sure that they can be involved with things that might be outside of just buying the ticket um, that allow them to stay really connected to the team. And then in other cases where they're not is to make sure that we find out and we understand why. So I bring that example up just to say that it's just incredibly connected. And, you know, I have similar examples in other areas of our business, but in order to get the feedback, you have to be present to welcome it in. And, you know, so that's certainly people that are maybe investing in their in our membership platform. But then you start thinking about the fan base as a whole. And, and you know, obviously there's millions and millions, we're, we're grateful to say, of fans who are huge Cavs fans that never have necessarily opportunity to walk through our building, but they want to connect, they want to engage. And obviously how we use our digital platforms, we've got, you know, what I think as many organizations do, a really remarkable social team who focuses all their energies on not only providing the great content people want, but listening and really hearing what it is that fans are saying. And so that's a big part of it. But on top of that, we're very engaged with, you know, I wouldn't be surprised on any day to get an email from our our email response team to basically say, let's just use this crazy example in game. Tracy, what song did we just play on the scoreboard? What was that? And I can write back immediately, this is the song that we just played. Like we we actually, as crazy as it sounds, even from an in-game perspective, where we can, we try to provide real-time-ish, you know, as close as possible, responses to questions that people have. And sometimes it is like, wow, where did you get that song from? It's so cool. But other times it's they have a problem. And and it the the difference between we'll get to you later or give us a call versus somebody actively going to that person right in that moment makes a big difference. And you know, it's interesting because I was hearing a story through our sales team recently just again in this COVID moment where we're all just trying to figure out, you know, what's happening and, you know, when, again, is this quote unquote normal going to come back and and realizing it's going to be a a crazy road. But just the fact that our ticket sales team and, and our, these, they really built upon those relationships and they took the time to call all of our ticket holders to basically say, we know that right now is hard. Help us proactively work with you so that we can keep you here, so that you can stay a part of our family. And, you know, fans' response to that, whether it was on the ticket sales side or on the larger corporate partnership side, which, of course, are pretty heavy investments, you know, even in moments where they said, you know what, we're fine, let's just keep it as it is, 
Um, you know, some people, of course, took advantage of the chance to, to change maybe their payment terms. But overall, people were just more like, I can't believe you even just called. Like you, you called proactively. I didn't even have to say this is a worry for me. You noticed. And, you know, you just get, you know, you, you ask about how do you get that, that connectivity it's a commitment to the relationships at every level of everything we do, whether it's how we respond to a, just a social post and something that somebody else put on Twitter, all the way down to how it is that we talk to our, our partners. And um, I think people expect that of us. We expect of it of us. And uh, it, it goes a long way, especially in moments like this. Yeah, absolutely. To be highly connected and highly proactive is, uh, is a big theme of what I see from brands who are doing things correctly, especially right now with these critical contexts, again, whether it comes to business transactions or societal stances. So both are incredibly important. And I'm glad that you have these stories that you're able to tell and, and stories that the team is able to share as well. I do have one round out. Listeners, you know what's coming. This is the advice column. What I want to do, Tracy, is learn from you over your career at the Cavs, or we can go something beyond that, maybe something you heard personally one time. What your advice is, given everything that the Cavs stand for and given everything that you've seen the organization do over the last 17 years, your advice on how to become more authentic, however you define that word, as a brand, in marketing, in messaging, and whether it manifests itself through the story of another story of a, of a happy ticket holder or advice that you got from a mentor, something that uh, came from the owner, you know, whether it's a pitfall that you avoided or, or a mistake that you made that you learned uh, heavily from, I'm curious to get some of your top tips. And I can guarantee you our listeners are hungry for that as well. So I'm curious as a round out, what might you be able to share with us on that front? Yeah, I have, I have a few to share. I mean, one is, is, you know, kind of what you your theme is even listen to your fans, you know, these, these fans, like, especially in the sports and entertainment space, but gosh, I think of how I engage with just this, what kind of like products I buy at the grocery store, right? There's, there's a connectivity that goes as to why I buy one thing versus another. So, you know, it, it all can work, but for us, a lot of it is listening to our fans. You know, our fans are connected to us. Um, because that connection makes them proud. And, and we never take that for granted. And, you know, an example I would even give is, you know, we work to not only live up to that commitment, to, but ultimately to, to exceed it. And one, one thing that comes to my mind is, as you know, is a couple years ago, the NBA started allowing teams to sell a patch on their uniform. And talk about a moment, you know, my group, we manage the uniforms and we're, we manage the brand. And, you know, it was a moment in time where we're like on one side, wow, this is amazing. This is a massive opportunity. And then on the other side, you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, this, this could be really hard. Um, you know, how, how do we get this right? You, you only have one chance to get it right. And the thing that, that made me so proud is our, uh, our partnership team. They knew they needed to get it right. We knew we needed to get it right. And so we allowed, you know, values, our values to be the thing that drove that decision of what went on our players' jersey right next to our team name and, and was so forward. And after a lot of time really thinking about our values, we actually ended up approaching Goodyear, uh, which is actually headquartered just about 45 minutes south of Cleveland. So they're they're part of our community. And they align with our values of determination, of grit, resilience, you know, those kinds of things. But I think even more importantly, um, for being such a, a major global company, they really aligned with our strong civic values and, and actually have a huge history in the sport of basketball, believe it or not. They actually had basketball teams that were called the, the 
the Wingfoots. And, you know, so there was so much about that relationship that made sense. So I use that when I think about listening to fans only because we, we knew we needed to take a moment where some fans were just getting used to the idea of that, of that partnership being on the Jersey in the first place. And instead we turned it into something where honestly, people are like, I love Goodyear. And it makes sense because we actually stand for something in our marketplace together. And so that's, that's something we're, we're very proud of. You know, the other that I would share is just to really engage with your team members. Um, we call team members that's the phrase we use in instead of employees here. Obviously, we've got the team members on the court who, who are really so fantastic, but we've also got the team members. We call ourselves the team behind the team that bring things to life. And, you know, our success doesn't happen because of some so-called corporate mandate. It's really because our team, they're committed to doing the right thing. You know, we're willing to take risks. We're willing to make mistakes. Um, you know, we're really focused on, you know, making sure our team members have the tools that they need to be great. And, you know, they're the reason that things work. And it, it really is quite compelling. And, and I guess the last thing I'd share is that, you know, we, one of our brand values is to be bold and unconventional. And it, it's our simple way of saying when we, when we look at an opportunity or a way to, to do something, we don't want to look at how we've always done it. We want to look at what the possibilities are and how do we, again, take a risk and, and make a step forward. But the way I think about that is just, we, we're all about being ourselves. So feedback I'd share is just be you, you know, be the brand that you are, be it consistently, be it proudly. And, you know, I, I think when you're yourself um, in good times and in bad, you, you really can't go wrong. It's the guiding principle. And it's, it's one that, that we take an incredible amount of uh, pride in and our team members do as well. Well, it's also, as I, as I have come to conclude personally, and this is the views of Adam, everybody, it's actually like rather easy to do if you think about it, like just be yourself. What, what is, what is natural? What is obvious? What are values that you stand for and how do things operationalize through that? Because of that, a lot of decisions here, as I'm sure decisions that you have made with regard to standing up early and choosing partners like Goodyear, for instance, become easy, become natural. If I may borrow a uh, pun and wordplay from the sport, kind of a layup, right? I mean, it's not that hard to be able to say, well, of course we would do this. Now, it takes a lot to think about, right? And once you do it and you're running smoothly, everybody's like, wow, how do they just do that? How do they just reflect? How do the Cavs naturally just, they're just there, right? They, 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 have, they already had these roles in place. They're already standing up for community. Of course they treated that fan to a new jacket and did the dry cleaning and everything. Because, and maybe if you're, maybe if listeners, maybe if you're a fan of the Cavs, you, maybe you either, if you don't know that story, but maybe you have your own, you're like, well, yeah, obviously this is, none of this is, is new to me. And that's good because that means that, well, to use the A word again, that's really, uh, that's authentic. That's what that is. So um, I really appreciate learning more about uh, everything that you've done for the organization, everything the organization has done for us, for the community, and, uh, and hearing all your stories along the way, Tracy. Uh, so what else can I say for all of this information? It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for welcoming basketball to the show, and it was a pleasure to get it directly from you. Wonderful. Thank you, and go Cavs. Thank you so much to Tracy Merrick from the Cavs for joining the show today. It was a pleasure to learn all about this. And as a standout organization, when it comes to being strong on social issues, thank you. Even though I'm not a lifelong Cavs fan, certainly gives me a reason to be one. If you enjoyed this show, no matter what sport you support, no matter what team you support, here's what you can do. Head on over to podcast.vavoom.co. We have a bunch of content like this. 
to go through. Over 100 episodes, 50 or 60 hours of content, get lost in it. Learn from some of the best marketers and top brand minds the world has to offer about this topic, becoming more authentic, what it means, how to operationalize it, and how to reflect it. Of course, you can also reach out to me personally. I'm on LinkedIn, Adam Connor. I got a page there too, Authentic Influence Podcast. It's where all of this content goes. It's where we have a little community buzzing. So go buzz with it and let me know what you want to see next. Give me your recommendations. Hey, leave reviews and ratings on your podcast directories if you'd like to, but really give me that direct feedback. That's what I like the best and that's what's most actionable to me to make this better for you. Speaking of make this better for you, I got to go and get you another one of these, another fantastic story about how a brand is becoming more authentic through mobilizing its masses. And so until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.